Your Shelf or Mine, where timeless questions are answered. If you have a cold hot pocket, is it just a pocket? If croutons are stale bread, why are they kept in airtight packages? A local podcast dedicated to entertainment and never following the plan. From the well-read minds of the Longview Public Library, your shelf or mine. Welcome to episode four of Your Shelf or Mine. Good job. Um, I'm Becky Standall, Youth Services Specialist at the Longview Public Library, and I am joined in the studio today by a special guest, Daniel Tate. That's me. I'm Daniel Tate. I'm an adult services tech. Ooh. Yeah. Daniel is filling in for Elizabeth this week because she is in Yakima at the Washington Library Association Conference presenting um, about... Uh, library business small business cool so daniel what do you do at the library i am an adult services <laughs> tech <laughs> Say your title again. yeah so any any kind of adult program that we do at the library i have a hand in either um, organizing managing often promoting um, making slides and posters and bookmarks and all that kind of stuff a lot of a lot of the visual things that go on in the library i have a hand in um creating for us like the gallery i also run the gallery i uh organize that and artists in the community come to me and i help them schedule a time to show things on our walls and in our glass case and they have shows and they have a lot of fun that's great. Yeah, thank you. Um, I have some questions here to help us get to know Daniel. Um, so we covered what you do at the library. And I would like to know, if you have one, what your favorite book is. Wow. I'll, it's hard for me to say I have a, a favorite book. I, I often don't even read books twice. Um, I just kind of read it and enjoy it and then go on to the next one but i for whatever reason in the last three or four years um the wright brothers by david mccullough has really been something i i enjoyed i even went back recently and, and listened to the audiobook so that that one's up there it's really high up on the list cool what about a movie favorite movie um one of my favorite movies and this is interesting for, for the people who listen to this podcast, like me, one of my favorite movies is No Country for Old Men. Oh, we talked about that? Well, Elizabeth talked about it last week. Yeah. So Elizabeth and I, I've, I keep <laughs> trying to get her to watch it. She's never going to watch it. But it, it is one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. I haven't read the book. So we're really, we're polar And you're opposites. never going to read the book because it's going to change your feelings about the movie. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I do, I purchased the book with intentions to read sure. it <laughs> and then I'll just watch the movie. <laughs> You're like, oh, never mind. I'll just do this. Yeah. I can hold books and movies separately in my mind unless the movie is so terribly wrong. But yeah. Some people just can't hate it. Yeah. I, I was, um, when I listened to you all talking about that, I was thinking, about how when I read A Song of Ice and Fire, that series, I read it right out of uh, college. And so there, were, there was no show or anything. Um, it had been recommended to me, and I loved it. I loved that series. And then when they announced they were making a show, I was like, oh, no, they can't. They'll never capture the magic. <laughs> but then I watched the show, and I liked it. <laughs> yeah. They really have captured a lot of the magic. They did. I think that's a makes a big difference when you have well like a huge budget but also more time like in a TV show versus a movie. And regarding what we will be talking about later, so we will be talking about some scary movies. Daniel, what's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> I think my favorite scary movie. I I divide these into this what i think is the scare like what movie scares me the most versus what movie is my favorite scary movie and my favorite scary movie is the shining 
Okay. But I think the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the scariest movie to me. I've never seen either of those movies. But I've read The Shining. Oh. I haven't read The Shining. (laughs) (laughs) And that was scary. I read it in like the middle of the summer, like outside in the sun. So I would safe. Okay. And then I have some Halloween-themed would-you-rather questions for you. Okay. Would you rather spend the night in a spooky haunted house or spend the night in a graveyard? (laughs) So the graveyard's not haunted. All graveyards are haunted. Oh, okay. It goes without saying. Okay. (laughs) Um, wow. I, here's, here's a little, a little bit of my background. It has to do with this question. Sure. Because where I grew up, there was an old abandoned cemetery the Animus City Cemetery that was just beyond our backyard. So you could be on our back porch and see tombstones. When I was a kid, we lived in Brush Prairie in a trailer park, and our backyard backed against the cemetery there. Did did you find that kids like didn't want to have sleepovers? Uh, we moved when I was like four or five. I don't remember. I, I definitely. I don't, I don't think I had sleepovers. <laughs> My best friend lived right next door. And she also had a cemetery in her backyard. <laughs> yeah, so, whatever. Um, I I guess I would pick the the house then, just to mix it up. I f- <laughs> I'm already used to the sleeping in the cemetery practically, <laughs> so let's do that. Okay. Would you rather have to carve twenty pumpkins, or have to eat ten bags of candy corn? <laughs> Wow. Definitely carve the pumpkins. <laughs> I would I would not last. That's... Sweets really uh, there was a turning point in my life where sweets just hit your gut and it's We like... talked about this last week too. We're like, mm, we can't eat that anymore. <laughs> yeah. It really is just it's hard. It would... And especially candy corn. Yeah. My mom makes this like mix of peanuts and candy corn and she's like, It tastes just like a payday. And so she gave me a little thing of it and she's like, Do you eat candy corn and I was like oh I have a couple corns but it's definitely like I've picked all the peanuts out of it (laughs) when when you eat candy corn do you eat like a section at a time oh I thought you were gonna ask if I stuck them on my teeth (laughs) no (laughs) um no it's fun any it almost like hurts my teeth they are (laughs) uh, in my opinion a very gross candy (laughs) Oh, yeah, I would definitely rather carve pumpkins, too. My cousin got married on Sunday, and they had, um, you know, like leaves and pumpkins as part of the decor. And when we got there, my uncle was like, I never want to carve another pumpkin in my entire life. Oh. (laughs) There was like, you know, like 20 carved pumpkins, and he'd been doing it for like two days. (laughs) (laughs) So he might choose the candy corn if asked at this point. I don't know. That's a lot of candy corn. That is a lot. I feel like maybe if it's in two bags of candy corn. <laughs> yeah, even that. <laughs> maybe they're just like the little. Oh, yeah. Little... Like a trick-or-treat bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could do that. Yeah. And I guess it doesn't say like how quickly you have to do it. We just really pick apart these questions oh, and they can mean whatever you Yeah, want. I mean, even over like 10 years, <laughs> I, I don't think I would want to do just that. Just one a day for the yeah. rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, welcome. What a great Thanks. introduction to Daniel. Yeah. When do I get to ask you my... At the end. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so we really went over most of the stuff that's going to be happening at the library the next two months last week. Um, but just a little reminder that we have a Halloween story time with Goddess coming up Saturday, October 27th at 11 o'clock. Little Monster Mash on the 30th. 6 to 7.30. And Daniel's going to be a little monster mash. That's right. Ridiculous Halloween costume. <laughs> Come and see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an annual uh, treat. Yeah. yeah. It's usually a surprise, though. Yeah, sometimes it's a trick. It's a trick? Well, <laughs> I'm being very generous with what surprise <laughs> means. But, like, so last year, Daniel wouldn't tell me what he was going to be for Halloween. There was a lot of buildup around the costume. He really built it up. That's not like everyone was, con- you know, it was just him. Uh, but then it was great. Thanks. It was like a blow up unicorn that he wrote as a princess. 
and everyone loved it. Yeah, it, it uh, captured a lot of hearts and imaginations. Yeah. And <laughs> Stairs. Yeah. <laughs> and this year's costume will make children cry. Well, they some children were upset about me being a princess and a unicorn, so I'm... I'm <laughs> it's just... a 21st century, those children. Yeah. <laughs> can't shave close enough. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a really good one. And I love unicorns. Yeah, that's why I was building that. Um, okay, so now we've reached the part of the podcast where we talk a little bit about just kind of our lives and what we've been doing since the last recording. Like I mentioned earlier, my cousin got married on Sunday. It was a lovely afternoon wedding. We were there and it was like 75 degrees outside and I was like, oh my God, I've just gotten married outside. But of course, there's no way to know, you know, like <laughs> yeah. a year ahead of time <laughs> that it's going to be a beautiful, warm October day. So that's what I did. What, did, what have you been doing? Wow. Well, <laughs> I have, like I said, I've been listening to some audiobooks. Really, really plowing through those. I did the Wright Brothers and then I listened to Truman, which... Both are things that I've. So long, yeah, pretty pretty long. Um, I I bump it up a little bit on the audiobook. Oh, and that doesn't bother you? No, I, I think if you do anything beyond one point two, you it can. You get do a little... really like Alvin and the Chipmunks, though, <laughs> yeah, <so>. yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> it, I think one point two for me is kind of that sweet spot of like it's not going to quite take as long, but it's not going to change the voice where it starts to feel a little too speedy and then i i just started bury my heart at wounded knee oh yeah which mm -hmm. is another long long one um so i'm just i'm trapped in this sort of historical <laughs> trapped yeah <laughs> history is repeating itself well i have been reading a lot of really short books so i read this uh ya book called i felt a funeral in my brain and that's from an Emily Dickinson poem, and it's a verse novel. But it's not, it's different than other verse novels that I've read in that it feels, it feels like more like the whole book is one poem in a way that's different, almost more like Howl or something like, like more of like Beat Poets or something. And it moves just like back and forth through time, like really like fluidly. So it sounds like it's hard to read, but it was really good. It's about a, a boy whose grandfather has died, but the book mostly leads up to that. And it's like the summer that he's kind of dealing with. His mom has gone to rehab and um, his grandfather clearly also has a drinking problem. And like maybe this, kid, this teenage boy is also developing one too. Um, but then in that narrative is... Um, parts of the eulogy that he gives at his grandfather's funeral. It's really good. Wow, yeah. yeah. That sounds like it has kind of a lot of layers to it. Yeah, and I like finished it and I didn't reread it, but it was definitely the kind of book that you'd immediately like read again and get more out of. And in my Goodreads review, if you guys want to follow me on Goodreads, um, it just seemed to me like it's the kind of book that like a teenager is going to read and then it's going to be their favorite book and they're just going to read it over and over and over again. And then... Um, I read a book called What I Leave Behind, which is similar in theme, kind of. And that's also about a teenage boy whose father its committed suicide, but it's been like one or two years since that happened. But the um, Allison McGee wrote that book, and she wrote like my favorite picture book, which is Someday, which I've read like a million times and given as gifts to like all of my friends who've had babies. And every time I read it, I still cry. It's Wow. Yeah. Ugh, I'm going to cry now talking about it. Uh -oh. uh, <laughs> but this book, um, it's like a hundred chapters and each chapter is a hundred words long. And um, it's about him just like walking and dealing with his grief and um, finding ways to kind of improve the lives of the people around him through these blessings. And there's um, like a Chinese store that he visits that have a display of a hundred blessings. And so that's like a real theme. It's really good too. And are you are you done with the reading challenge? No. 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 Um, no, I still have some left. So like next time Elizabeth and I said we were gonna talk about the book set in Mexico or Central America, and I haven't read that yet. That's what I'm on as well. What are you reading for that? I'm gonna read um like water for chocolate. Oh, I've read that. How is it? It's great. And the movie is great. I and haven't seen the movie. I feel like I 
I've read at least part of it in Spanish too. Oh. So I read it when I was like in school. Oh. Okay. Not for class, but at a time where I was I could read books in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I I hear that it's kind of a romance. It's very romantic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's like magical realism, so there's lots of food in it also. Beyond chocolate? Yeah. So in the book, but what I remember is from the movie. Um, she's like, so she is in love with this boy and he ends up marrying her sister because it's like arranged by the families, but she has to like make their wedding feast. Oh, so she's like chopping the food and just crying and crying. And then when people at the wedding eat the food, it makes them cry. Wow. Yeah. So she like bakes her emotions (laughs) into the, it's not just onions. No. Okay. It's the emotions. Okay. <laughs> Do you cry when you eat onions? When you I chop onions. Right. That, I mean, you know. So have you started? I have not started it's just it. just sitting there. It's, the I'm at that point where, because I kind of, I do, I do a lot of audiobooks to start off. Gets, it's a strong way to start. <laughs> um, and then I save some to specifically read. And now I'm at all of the ones <laughs> I save to specifically read. So I, I think I have four or five left. Yeah. And that's that's one of them. But that's probably what I have. And that's more so this is my own reading challenge that I don't like I I'll pick books at the beginning and I'm really excited about them. And then if I read a book that I'm like, oh well that just fills that category. I mean, I'll probably still read that one book I was excited about, but not but you know, it can go to the bottom of the list. Yeah. Like I was saying, I was going to read Hamilton for my book made into a screenplay or stage play or musical. And then I read Frankenstein. I'm like, that's done. <laughs> yeah, I got, I, I read, I, the last one I did for the reading challenge was A Brief History of Seven Killings, which is not, not a brief book. <laughs> um, and that, that it was, it's, it's a very good book. I really enjoyed it. It's very dense and it's one you have to really kind of focus on, or at least I did to really kind of get get everything out of it. And so it felt like this kind of, okay, I, I really have to take my time with yeah. this one. <laughs> and and then I finish it, and now it's like, okay, got to sprint to the end. Right. I don't do that. I was like, this summer, I was like, I'm going to reread The Song of Ice and Fire. And I read the first book, and I was like, take a break. Read a bunch of shorter books. Um, and then I read the second one, and I was like, I can't finish this this summer, and I'm falling behind on all my other reading. So the third one is just like sitting next to my bed. I'll like, get there. Yeah. <laughs> now the thing you've all been waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> um. So when we decided that Daniel was going to come in and fill in for Elizabeth, we had like this fun brainstorm about what we were going to talk about. And we're like, oh, we could talk about the reading challenge. We could talk about I don't remember because. Um, for the chiclet category, I recommended Daniel read Bridget Jones's Diary, which is great. Great book. Great book. Great movie. Huh? Pretty good movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, we can just talk about um, like Jane Austen retelling. That'd be fun. And then he was like, I was like, you know, like Clueless. Yeah. And then you were like, oh, what about if we talked about some other teen movie that had nothing to do with that? <laughs> and then I don't know. In the end, we decided that we she's were... all that. Yeah, she's all that. And then I was like, oh, Freddie Prince Jr. And it's October. Like, let's talk about I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah. Which and... I had never seen. <laughs> so we got together and we watched I Know What You Did Last Summer and Scream. And I was like, I'm going to talk during this whole movie. And Daniel's like, that's fine. And then like halfway through, I learned that he'd never seen it before. <laughs> and I was like, why don't you shut me up so you can watch this movie? <laughs> I've seen it like a million times. Uh, they're they're good movies to talk through. There's really I couldn't believe that you hadn't seen it. Before. Yeah, I, it really. I think it's one of those things though. I just absorbed from being being like the perfect probably demographic when oh, that movie came sure. out, mm-hmm. and just kind of like seeing the previews and just being like, oh yeah, I get it. Like <laughs> I know what happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's definitely movies that I haven't seen, but I'm like, I feel like I've seen it. Yeah. But so both of these movies came out when I was in middle school. And then you would have also been in middle school. Yeah. <laughs> and Scream came out first. Is that what I said? Yes. Yeah. And then I Know What You Did Last Summer. Which I was surprised to learn. That it came second. Yeah. It felt like an old movie. It too. felt like an older movie. <laughs> 
Um, so my number one teenage celebrity crush was Freddie Prince Jr., which is why I've seen this movie so many times. Um, did you have what was your number one teenage celebrity crush? Boy, like when I was in middle school? Yeah. I mean I feel like your strongest emotions happen when you're in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it may have been um Alicia Silverstone because like mm -hmm. Clueless came out right around then she was in those Aerosmith music videos <laughs> <laughs> she did blast from the past yeah blast from the past <laughs> yeah it, it may she was she was definitely up there yeah yeah I mean I also really loved Paul Rudd from Clueless and mm -hmm. I still do um yeah and then my best friend loved Josh Hartnett so we also watched like Halloween H2O many, many times. Never seen any of the other Halloween movies, except for brief parts of the one that Paul Rudd was in, which I don't even remember which one that was. Um, but it was like my roommate at one time was watching it, and I was like, is Paul Rudd in this movie? Sit down. <laughs> and, so probably also the faculty. And also the faculty, yeah. yeah. And we'll just talk about me. <laughs> so Kevin Williamson, who wrote Scream, and I Know What You Did Last Summer, and the faculty... I'm pretty sure. Um, was also the show creator of Dawson's Creek, which was my favorite show. Um, so it's just like everyone all together all the time. He really <laughs> knew what you he wanted. He nailed 96, 97. <laughs> that was like his time. Yeah. <laughs> Although he did Vampire Diaries too, and that just ended. Oh. So he's still kicking it, creating wow. quality television. Yeah. yeah. The gift that keeps on giving. Mm -hmm. And I think he might be involved in the Scream television franchise. Did you just say there's a Scream television <laughs> franchise? Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like an MTV show. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've never watched it. Let me tell you what I know. <laughs> I get it confused with my non-knowledge also about a show called Scream Queens, which is also, I think, on MTV. Correct me if I'm wrong, teenage listeners. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like the the young man from Teen Wolf, Teen Wolf, the TV show. Oh, Michael J. Fox is. <laughs> um, or who was Teen Wolf 2? That was the guy from Arrested, De Jason Bateman. <laughs> I was going to say Greg Kinnear, but they just look the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was Jason Bateman. <laughs> so MTV also made a Teen Wolf show. Did you know that? I, I did know okay. that. So I think that guy was also in the Scream show, but I don't know. I might be wrong. So there's a show, and I think it's over, and they're rebooting the show. So I was telling you I learned all these fun facts that mm -hmm. I was going to share with you. And um, so the ghost mask that is in the Scream movies, uh -huh. we're kind of talking about, because I was asking you, do you think that they, because it's kind of a silly mask, and I don't yeah. know, has it become silly? Well, I mean, it, it, like even just seeing it, it's not you're not like, oh, like yeah. it's not it's not like Jason's hockey mask right. or the Halloween where it's it's kind of like creepy on its own. And there's even a line in it where the, the sheriff or whatever was like, it's one of those dollar store. Like yeah. everyone's got them kind mm -hmm. of things, which comes up in the movie because they're like, like everyone always thinks it's like a joke, like, ha ha, like friend of mine who is pretending like they're gonna murder me yeah <laughs> oh no it's actually a friend of mine who's actually gonna murder me yeah but, <laughs> it could be anyone <laughs> yeah but the story behind that mask is that it existed it was like a real halloween mask before the movies oh. and when they were scouting locations for that house where those people live the costume designer i feel like found it in a house and she's like oh this is the mask yeah um so they went to like the company who makes the mask if, to ask if they could use it in the movie. And they were like, mm, it's going to cost you. And wow. <laughs> they asked for too much. So they're like, never mind. We'll just make our own mask. And they're like, oh, wait, wait. Yeah. You're only going to make it more popular. <laughs> I know. Please. So uh, they lowered their like demand yeah. and then they used that mask. But in the MTV show for the first season, they did a different mask. And I think it's because they couldn't get the oh, rights or they didn't want to pay for right. what it would cost to use the actual screen mask yeah. but in this reboot that mask is coming back so. i bet that was a big controversy online <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna watch this fake yeah. mask scream anyways that's fine. that was interesting yeah because they did they really nailed it because it is like a generic mm -hmm. kind of mask that you're like oh i think i've seen that but then 
kind of becomes creepy in the movie. Right. And I remember in middle school that Halloween after that movie came out, like everyone, not everyone, not me, but so many people got that costume yeah. and they wore that and like running around like the yeah, halls. Yeah, it's a very easy costume. <laughs> yeah. It's very iconic. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about some of these movies more in depth then. What do you want to start with? Um, let's, let's start with, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> okay. So in preparation for watching this movie again, I read the book, I Know What You Did Last Summer, which is very short. It was published in 1973. It's different than the movie obviously that's how movies and books are but um it's not like a stabby thing at all no one gets stabbed someone gets shot though oh yeah anyways and i'll just fill you with more fun facts so lois duncan who wrote that book um didn't have anything to do with the making of the movie i don't know when they sold the film rights but she was like oh they're finally making it i'll go see it and she went and saw it. There's like an interview in the back of the copy I read and it was just horrified. Wow. She's like, what did they do with my story? <laughs> my baby. <laughs> yeah. She was like, this is gratuitous and it's terrible. <laughs> and she's like, I didn't even think of this as like a horror book. It's like a suspense novel about, you know, some kids who accidentally kill a little kid in the book. Yeah. And then our, um, it's it's similar enough. You can see like Kevin Williamson and just totally change it. But. Yeah. So um, we I took some notes while we were watching. My notes read soundtrack. Do you remember? The soundtrack was just really great. It, like <laughs> just listening to it, it was all that the music for me growing up of like there, like for me, there was like cool music using air quotes cool music like everclear <laughs> yeah or just you know whatever was like <laughs> not on vh1 <laughs> and that was a lot of stuff that like probably was on vh1 <laughs> like it was it's it on just, vh1 now <laughs> yeah it was it was just sort of like fun in the very kind of of the era like mm -hmm. like rocking out like there was one part where uh ryan felipe was like Ugh, like he didn't like the music <laughs> and so he put on a different song in the car that was like rocking out and it was like well okay like <laughs> i guess they're rocking out yeah they're just gonna <laughs> hit that guy with their car yeah was that that part or later i believe it was it was bef like when they got into the car oh. originally like before he he <laughs> decided to stand up and <laughs> hoot and holler oh man this movie is great yeah it's it's very very enjoy like very earnestly acted and oh, yeah but like pretty pretty enjoyable for all the wrong reasons <laughs> uh yeah when it was over daniel's like there's no like character development <laughs> in this movie at all and also jennifer love hewitt like solves the the, the mystery of like who is torturing them just like like out of nowhere yeah <laughs> i think they went to a library didn't they well she went to the library she like they looked at like the microfilm of the old newspapers and she's like oh we didn't kill this one person we killed somebody else i know <laughs> yeah, really yeah uh, you can do a lot of detective work with obituaries <laughs> alone yeah well then she went and talked to the sister that's right. And Anne she was Hash. like, look at my note. This is the suicide note my brother left. And it's like the blocky handwriting. That's yeah. <laughs> what did it say? I'm so sorry or something. Yeah, it was so, it was it was not really evidence of a suicide note. <laughs> She's like, I had to hide it from the insurance companies. <laughs> okay, I Anne Heesh. <laughs> I feel like if you were a Freddie Prince Jr. fan, you probably would have been like this is not enough Freddie Prince Jr. He was kind of in the beginning. He's hardly in the movie <laughs> yeah. at all, really. Like, that's kind of what surprised me rewatching it. I was like, where is he this whole time? Like, he's the least developed character. You think he's the murderer the whole time. And that's what they were trying to do. And then at the end, he's like, saves the day. But he's just, yeah. It's You have to be really desperate for some Freddie Prince Jr. to be like, I'm going to watch this for him. Yeah. Really have your finger on the fast forward because he is not in. <laughs> Yeah. And, yeah, and just a very bizarre character of sort like kind of like mm -hmm. always making that face of that soap being, opera eyes. Yeah. Like, uh. what do you mean? Yeah. Um, I got a note to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got a note? I got hit by a car. <laughs> she got her hair cut off while she was sleeping. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was probably the scariest part of the film. 
Yeah. For for people with long hair. Daniel's like, I would totally wake up if someone was cutting my hair in the middle of the day. <laughs> I do feel like you would have to. But if you didn't wake up, that oh, would be so scary. Yeah, that would be very scary. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm a light sleeper, so I feel like <laughs> you'd have to plan some some other kind of way to traumatize like, my hair. Uh, sleeping pill. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, you don't know. I don't. There was there was some Diet Coke product placement. <laughs> She had a Diet Coke right before she went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> and had her hair all cut off. Oh, uh-oh. And you were like, isn't she going to brush her teeth? <laughs> well, I mean, come on. They don't include that in movies. <laughs> it's the little detail. <laughs> I also have bangs written down, which I wrote down again for Scream, because they all have those same late 90s, like, wispy little bangs. Yeah, very... I mean, for a time period that gave us the Jennifer Aniston haircut, really knew what worked and stuck with it. <laughs> yeah, so Jennifer Love Hewitt has those bangs, but Sarah Michelle Gellar doesn't. She did not. No, but Neff Campbell and Courtney Cox both have those same bangs in Scream. And arguably Skeet Ulrich. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Skeet. But back to I know what you did last summer. I also wrote um, Johnny Galecki is in this movie, which there was no reason for me to have known who he was at that time. Yeah. He he would have just been famous from like Roseanne, I guess. At that yeah. Point. But even then, he really plays against type in this movie. His character was one of my favorite <laughs> things of like, I think you were supposed to be sympathetic to him. Really? I don't know. Well, I think because, like, Ryan Felipe was, like, such a jerk. Sure. And he was kind of the anti... Yeah, but he was also a jerk. Yeah, well, that's... Yeah, you're, like, he's getting bullied by Ryan Felipe, yet I wasn't really rooting for him No, but he's going to, like, attack those girls if those boys aren't there. Yeah. Like, he's really skeezy. And then he gets... He's the first victim. He is. He kind of... uh... He gives the killer the weapon. Yeah. No, wait. Ryan Felipe it is? Well, he found he yeah he found it and threatened him with the, with the hook. So he gave him the idea, and it and it established that this this town they lived in had a lot of really kind of steamy fish, <laughs> just like foggy, and they're like working in the fish shack at night where it's steamy. Yeah, very steamy. A lot of lot of like ice blocks. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. there's also a lot of like fish butchering. Like, the Anne Heche has that whole scene where she's doing that, too. It was my comment at the end of the movie. I was like, this is a lot less, especially compared to, like, Scream. It's not as gory as it seems like it would be. Yeah, and that I think that's also part why it felt... I was surprised it was, it was made after Scream, because it had kind of a cheap, like could have been made for TV quality to it. But maybe that was because it wasn't over the top. With special yeah. Effects well, I also stuff. think that, like, I Know What You Did Last Summer is a movie that they made for teenagers. I right. don't think it's... Well, maybe rated R. They did say a lot of swears. A guy did get his hand but like, <laughs> handicapped. Like, compared to Scream, which is very, like, you know, it relies on you at least feeling like you've seen, like, these other right. horror films yeah. and, like, getting the jokes and, you know, there's... A whole like kind of like sexual component yeah. to scream. The, the intro to scream is just brutal. Yeah, I know what you did last summer. It's definitely a, a kind of like it's more of a teen movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the action is more like Sarah Michelle Geller running and the killer deciding to hide under like a little tarp and pretend he's a, <laughs> he's a yeah. mannequin. Yeah, <laughs> then he falls down because he's covered in this tarp. Yeah, it really backfired quickly. <laughs> Seems like should have plenty of time to get get away at that yeah time. that's and that's it just provides a lot of chuckles like yeah. a lot of moments where you're like wow like, yeah <laughs> well and also just the whole idea so like this guy is as um spoiler alert uh is the guy that they hit with their car and they thought that he died but really he didn't and now he's like gonna get revenge against all of them by like killing them with a fish hook or like making them afraid he also kills like tons of people who didn't do anything yeah, starting with Johnny Galecki, yeah. who just and <laughs> wrong place, wrong time. Not even like you know he he sought him out. I don't know if he's like, oh, here's this hook. I'll practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't make any sense. And then he kills um, Sarah Michelle Gellar. I don't know Helen. They all have like old timey names. Too. Yeah. Um, her sister and the cop. Yeah, he did. Yeah. The cop kind of was. He was, he not was really good. more like because he was help, he was a bad at being a cop. Yeah. So in the movie, Ryan Philippe is like one of the main, the first guy who to get attacked of the main four. 
He gets like hit by a car. He's all beat up. He ends up in the hospital. He like broke his arm. His name is Barry. So That's clearly correct. he was like ass- assaulted. He was in the hospital. The police were probably involved. And then later, Helen is like, Barry's been murdered by the guy. And the cop is like, who's Barry? Who's Barry? <laughs> Come on, hysterical woman. I'll take you home. Yeah, he really did not investigate. <laughs> no. He's like, I don't see anything. Let's go. And she really kind of verbally abused him in the car. And he, he just... Uh, did not react no. at all. So I was like, hey, he probably gets that a lot, which he's probably th- means he's not very good. Now he's like, oh, these women. Yeah. Always think someone's after them. Yeah. Ah! And then just my favorite quote from the movie, which is um, when they're suspecting Freddie Prince Jr. of being the killer because he hasn't had any threats from him. We all know you have a slicker. Yeah. Uh, they It takes place in North Carolina. I believe we, yeah, North Carolina is yeah. where we. They're all just wearing their rain slickers. Yeah, the, and then the, there was even a part towards the end when Sarah Michelle Gellar is in the parade, and there she was like noticing a lot of yeah. Rain it's slickers. like a beautiful sunny day. Yeah, everyone around her is wearing a rain slicker, so she's terrified. And those hats. That... And those yeah, <laughs> fisherman hats. She can't see their face. One of them is the killer. It turned out he had a rain slicker, so it was a useful clue, but <laughs> not where everyone is. Yeah, them. not you couldn't just accuse everyone has a rain slicker. Like Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, y'all know you have a slicker. Yeah, but it's funny because um, I don't think I, I call would call that a slicker necessarily. That's not what I think of as a <laughs> slicker. <laughs> oh, hilarious! Yeah, good. Two thumbs up. I know what you did last summer. Holds up. Yeah, I, I think it's it's worth watching. I mean, it is if if you just want to watch something that's like campy at this point. And, and like you're saying, soap, soap opery, mm-hmm. is that a word? Um, soapy. Yeah, soapy. Then you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt does that like her, her like damsel in distress eyes. Um, actually, Nev Campbell does too. They were both on Party of Five. I bet they learned it there together. Yeah. Okay. Scream. Scream. So um, do you remember when Scream was coming out, like the publicity before the movie came out? I. You would have been like 12. Yeah. I. <laughs> I. I remember, I mean, I remember watching it, um, my, my friend and I, I don't know how we pulled this off, but we were able to rent it and watch it. My mom worked, um, at the store in town that also rented movies. Um, so I could just for free get whatever I wanted. So it didn't matter if it was rated, but then she'd know like what I watched. And I don't like, I don't remember the build up. Or that you know, I wasn't I wasn't really plugged into Hollywood at that point. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> but I I mean it had driven enough buzz for me to be like both excited that my friend and I were gonna watch it and also kind of like this I might be a little <laughs> in above my head here. Like this <laughs> this was not meant for a little <laughs> middle well, school. Danu. Yeah. Um but did you get it like from Blockbuster? <laughs> I think we got it from our like grocery store yeah. still mm-hmm. checked out movies at that point. What a different time though. Yeah, you could really whine. I mean, this probably hasn't changed, but you could really, especially when you're 12, 13, you could whine yourself into a rated R movie if you whined well enough. <laughs> like to renting one. Yeah. 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 No way they're going to let you in at the theater. No, that's not They're like, happen. where's your mom, kid? Which is like something I still got when I was older than Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a grown up with you? Yeah. Um, we're 20. Thanks. <laughs> Give us this movie ticket. <laughs> well, I kind of remember just there being like this hype that it's like Drew Barrymore's like big comeback movie because they, you know, she's like on the front of the movie poster or whatever. They didn't talk. Well, obviously, they're not going to spoil the movie by saying like, and then she's like the first victim. Um, but that was like a huge thing, like the buildup of her like making this big comeback. And then also once the movie came out of her just like dying right away, like they're like the star of the movie dies in the first 10 minutes. Oh, five yeah. Minutes, I don't know. Yeah, it is. It is a very startling opening. Like Mm -hmm. you even watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is like it is iconic for horror films. Like they just really nailed it. And maybe that's like, I mean, I don't know any of this, but it does. It does seem like something where they got someone who was kind of better than the part Mm -hmm. and just did an awesome job with it. Where it's like, oh, wow, like, you know, suddenly this is a a moment. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she had actually been cast as the um, main character. Oh. And then she was like, I can't do it. Oh, wow. But I still would like, let me do this instead. Yeah. Yeah. She really, it's, is it it? You're just like, oh, yeah, this is, no wonder they made a TV show out of this (laughs) 20 years later. Yeah, it's been that long. And of course, um, Skeet Ulrich is in it. Mm-hmm. So Skeet and a couple of um, other like hunks from the 90s are um, 
making a second, I don't know what they're, they're coming back as like dads of current hunks. So Skeet plays F.P. Jones on Riverdale, which is Jughead Jones's like hot dad. I feel like he maybe is my favorite part of Riverdale. Wow. Which has gotten totally like insane. That's what, a, what I hear. <laughs> yeah. The, so we did a um, Telltale Heart themed escape room at Teen Night on Tuesday and we had three groups go and it was fun and everyone solved it. It was really cool. And then the last group was like, when's the next one going to be? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like it takes me a long time to like write it and like put everything together. And then one of the kids was like, you should do a Riverdale themed escape room. And I was like, on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Skeet did Scream. Yeah. And he did The Craft. And it was like the same year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was like Skeet. Yeah. And then, then he was wasn't he in a movie with like Cuba Gooding Jr. and I don't know. <laughs> that was it. He definitely we all thought that Skeet was gonna have a very Oh yeah. Career. Like Skeet was like I mean, if you got a teen magazine at that time, it was all like Skeet and Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. And then Skeet was just like Jericho for a few years. I didn't watch that. We're all really excited to see Skeet and it's like <laughs> greasy bangs. Okay, and then Nev Campbell's in it. She plays Sydney. Sydney. <laughs> yeah. And then Hello Sydney. Do the Another one. Do you want to die tonight? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I think that it's a different person's voice. Yeah, he, um, well, I, I looked up all these fun, oh, okay. fun facts about Scream, so I don't remember his name, but he did the voice of all of the killers oh. for all of the movies, and I think he might still be involved. Hmm. I don't know. But yeah, even though like they're holding up like the voice changer, like they're, you know, that's not. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to prank. I'm going to be the do you like scary movies guy. And it's like you're going to get some dumb walkie talkie thing that just garbles. you. <laughs> you're not going to have this sinister sounding no, voice. It's just one guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the the inside the costume, they had just a whole bunch of people who did that. And I was reading that the Wes Craven, the director, he did it. And in the scene where Drew Barrymore like hits the guy with the phone like that's Wes Craven like under the oh suit. wow because yeah. he's he is also um when the Fonz <laughs> <laughs> when who plays the principal yeah Henry Winkler Henry Winkler that's his name <laughs> he he's doing the like checking around because he, he thinks he's afraid yeah there's a disturbance he's afraid he thinks the killer might be around and he looks out and there's a janitor <laughs> and I said custodian <laughs> It said, why is that janitor dressed like Neil Young? Yeah. And, <laughs> and this, he was dressed like Freddy Krueger, but did kind of look like Neil. Like the hat was. <laughs> you know, I was like, I think that's supposed to be Freddy Krueger. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> So I feel like there's so much in Scream that I don't get because I actually haven't seen any of those old Wes Craven movies yeah. that they reference. I yeah, I Nightmare on Elm Street was something I I saw way too young and just scared me forever. Never seen it. Yeah, not fun to watch when you're little. <laughs> not recommended. Yeah. Although I told you that I read that we were talking about everyone's like tiny little shirts and their wispy bangs and um, Rose McGowan comes wearing this like little jersey number and we're like, oh, like look at her little shirt. And then I read that that shirt is actually like a nod to um, the tiny jersey that Johnny Depp wears in Night Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Number 10. Yeah, totally. And I kind of remember that. Yeah. It is, uh, yeah, that movie, yeah, really is. <laughs> when, I mean, what what could be worse for a kid than, like, this monster shows up when you go to sleep? There's nothing you can yeah, do. Yeah, there's just nothing you can do. Good night. <laughs> but it did, it, like, scream. You could kind of tell that they were probably having a lot of fun making mm -hmm. that because it had all these little winks and, like, I mean, if different people are being in the little costume and stuff. That... And I was even thinking, so in that scene towards the end where the killer is in the house and he's like killing everybody um, and Jamie Kennedy's character is like watching Halloween and he's talking to Jamie Lee Curtis and he's like, Jamie, turn around, turn around. And like, meanwhile, like he's Jamie and he should turn around because um, the killer's right behind him. I was like, did they cast him because his name is Jamie? <laughs> like, what would they do? And Or did they write it after? Yeah. Uh, it was just a coincidence? Yeah. He, like, he's, you could almost see how his, I mean, it's so hard to, to know, but, like, his character even, you could see being a smaller part originally, but he's such a ham and mm -hmm. it's such a perfect, like, he's this dorky guy who knows a lot about movies. And yeah. He, he plays that part, like, you couldn't imagine a, a better person no. being in that role. So, yeah, you could see them being like, oh, let's call him Jamie. <laughs> uh, call up Jamie. Yeah. Both of these movies, too, have... Okay, so in Scream, it's obviously, like, the cell phone plays 
like a big role. Um, and then when we were watching, I know you did last summer, which came out after, Daniel's like, where are their cell phones? But there's that one point where it's like the cop is asking Skeet. And he's like, why do you have a cellular telephone? Yeah. Like, it's so sinister. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Watching those... You do, at least I think, like... How do you think they do that in the new show? Because it's all like, they call them on their house phones. They're, like, wandering around the house. They can't call 911 because if they've dropped the the cordless, um, the line's busy when they go to pick up another phone, like, in the bedroom. That's why they can't, like, call 911. I don't know. Cell cell phones have just kind of ruined They've ruined horror movies. Yeah. There's really... (laughs) You just have to do, like... You always have to add the line of, like... I'm not getting any bars, you know, like. Oh, I didn't charge my battery. (laughs) Which is actually, so in the book, I Know What You Did Last Summer, she rewrote it for republication in 2010 and added like modern uh, stuff. And that is actually a thing I think that happens is they're like, oh, my battery on my phone is dead. Put it in there. So like the plot makes sense. Don't worry. I have an anchor charger. (laughs) Here, just use this. Yeah. (laughs) What else about screen? Oh, I also learned that Matthew Lillard and Nev Campbell were dating at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Those movies um, had a lot of love connections. Yeah. So Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar, I think they met on I Know What You Did Last Summer. They fell in love, got married, or still married. Corny Cox and David Arquette fell in love, got married. They're divorced now. Yeah. Matthew Lillard. Yeah. So that must have been so short-lived I don't even remember existing. <laughs> yeah. Not that I like know everything about, you know, famous couples of the late 90s. But. So pretty good for, for two horror movies. Yeah. Movies. Well, and then I, on my own, watched Scream 2, mm-hmm. which is also good. She's like in college. Um, there's like a copycat killer. Like, who could it be? It's the obvious person. And But there's a lot of like joking like, you know, oh, horror movie sequels are always such trash. They have this like, so she's studying like theater and there's a scene at the beginning where they're in a classroom and like, who's there but like Sarah Michelle Gellar and like Joshua Jackson and all Kevin Williamson's teenage friends. And they're like, yeah, sequels. And then they're just like talking about like, oh, but Aliens is better. And I don't know. It's cute. And then Sarah Michelle Gellar later is killed. <laughs> Oh. In a great scene. Oh. Where she's like, she's at the sorority and she has to be like the like the designated driver or whatever for all of her sisters to call her. So she's just like staying up there by herself. And then, you know, this person calls her and she's like, oh, silly jokester at first. <laughs> yeah, Scream, uh, I, I do hear sometimes that Scream 2 is even better or as good. <sighs> Um, I don't know if I would say it was better. It's definitely, like, when I was watching Scream 2, Courtney Cox has, like, a more final girl type of role in that movie where she's, like, running from the killer and they're, like, in a sound studio, like, at the theater department building? I don't know. Um, And she's, like, way better than all of the other people. Like, I mean, that's why she survives because she's, like, quiet. She's not, like, screaming her head off and she's, like, hiding under places and she watches where he goes and, like, kind of ducks around. She's very, like, calm and collected. And then I think she kills the killer in both of those movies at the end. Oh. Yeah, and in the first scream killer kind of clumsy like they're so dumb like what's there on the second movie too he's like i'm gonna get away with this because it's in scream 2 like the whole thing is like the story has been sold and they made a movie called stab which is scream and that's what's causing this copycat killer and so he's like i can just blame media and get off scot-free for murdering all these people no that's not how life works (laughs) plus when courtney cox is there she's just gonna kill you yeah you're not getting anywhere no so I don't know. I don't remember the third one. Uh, I I don't. I I'm I'm sure I've seen the second one, but I don't really remember because I didn't even really remember. Remember? Um. Oh, what's that guy's name who was plays the boyfriend? Jerry O'Connell. Oh. Yeah. He's in the second one. Yeah. He plays yeah. the boyfriend. He plays Neff Campbell's boyfriend. He's not the spoiler. <laughs> is he good or is he like a that's the boyfriend you don't? No, he's fine. Oh. Okay. He's like a good boyfriend. Oh. Yeah. But you know, there's this moment where she's like, oh, is it him? Like she doesn't trust her own. Oh, yeah. Like, well, in the first movie, that was a big thing was like. She's like, I'm repulsed by you, but mm, I, maybe it's just selfish of me. <laughs> yeah. So let's go upstairs. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh it's it a was, real. It was skeet. Yeah, and it was him the whole time. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot for teenage girls to, like, learn from these movies. Yeah. If you feel like your boyfriend is creepy, like, just (laughs) ditch him. Like, don't let him guilt you into getting back together after you've already thought that he was a murderer. Like, you were probably right the first time, girl. Trust your instincts. Yeah. If there's if there's a scary murderer person in your town, just don't be Just break up with your boyfriend. (laughs) At least until it it gets resolved. Until Courtney Cox can... Save the, Save the day. Yeah. Okay. Any other movies you plan on watching but 
in this Halloween season? I, I will probably watch The Shining. That's just always, since I like it so much, it's fun to revisit in the uh-huh. spooky uh, the spooky season we're in. I might go see the new Halloween. Um, I might even watch the, the original Halloween. I enjoy scary movies. Halloween so. H2O. Yeah, it's good. I, I like I. It doesn't. I don't need much of a nudge to revisit some scary movies, but this is this is enough mm-hmm. uh, to. So I'll probably I'll probably watch watch those at least. Cool. Well, do you have any questions for me? I do. I I have some Halloween questions All for right. you. Um, the first one: Are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Sometimes, but like that show, that's what you're referring to, yeah. that Nickelodeon show. It was a show. fun. <laughs> so that was on SNCC. That was Saturday oh Night Nick. Get on the big orange comfy couch. Yeah. No, and my brother and I and like one of the neighborhood kids, we'd be like, oh, it's like eight o'clock. It's time for SNCC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I liked that show. I did too. Yeah. It, was, it was a good one. It was, I think it was filmed like almost entirely in Canada. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of like those type of kids kids shows were yeah and it, it had a great intro with the like i submit to you yeah to the whatever society yeah <laughs> and then they throw like the i stuff guess in the fire yeah 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 they throw the stuff in the fire um i don't it, even remember any like particular episode the, or... there are two that stand out in my mind okay one was these kids or a kid moved into a new house and there was like a ghost girl that they kept seeing and it was scary it was creepy um but you know it just turned out to be like she she like needed help <laughs> she was like one of those ghosts where it's like she looks scary but she yeah she help. just wants to move on yeah but it had a lot of great shots of like a little girl mm-hmm. you know like i feel like if you watch that there's probably like a lot of people in those little sketches and stuff, you're like, oh, that's, I don't know, like Brian Gosling probably yeah. or and something. Alanis Morris. <laughs> well, she's Canadian. <laughs> she did. Um, you can't do that on television. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, probably there probably are some, some great mm-hmm. uh, actors in there that just... It's like when you watch, um, I don't know, like... Like the third episode of Smallville, you're like, that's Amy Adams. In in line at lunch. No, she has like a pretty oh. big role in that episode. But there is a like an old episode of that 70s show where she's like somebody's girlfriend for that episode. Oh, yeah. gotta start somewhere. Yeah. Now she's, you know, the best actress of her time. That's right. Um, the other one I remember is these two brothers who were uh, looking for something. <laughs> looking for something. Ooh. Looking for trouble. <laughs> And they they ended up on a ghost train, and I remember they had it was like a it may have even been they were looking for this train, and it was it was one of those like you're interacting with someone, and then oh no, it turns out it's actually a ghost person, oh, and then they had to like solve these riddles to get off the train. Good one though, hmm. remember that train? Um, yeah, good show. So that was question number one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> question number two: What's your favorite spooky cereal? Cereal? Yeah, like your Count Chocula's. <laughs> Your... That's what I'm like, like food? <laughs> yeah. Uh... Even, I don't know if you eat sugary cereals, well, but even if you just have I'm a like, grown up now. Yeah. But I know. There's there's Frankenberry. <laughs> no. Booberry. No. <laughs> Recently, there's like zombie Captain Crunch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the milk turns green. <laughs> of course it does. And of course, Count Chocula. Right. Well, I guess I was thinking of like where you could get the um, Rice Krispie treats that are like specially colored or the Rice Krispies that are specially colored for the different holidays. Oh, they have Halloween ones? I think so. Oh. Or they're like orange. And then when you make your Rice Krispie treats, like they're Halloween-y. Yeah. I don't know. So don't really have one. No. Um, when I was a kid, we didn't really buy like on-brand cereal. And they don't make those like in the bags that yeah. are like, oh, Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, was a, it was a weird, it seemed like Count Chocula you could only get around Halloween. I know, really. And now it's like, I think you're going to get it. Kids these days, they can just get their Count Chocula yeah. well, like, I mean, whenever they want. That's that's kind of what I was it like. Halloween is like now <laughs> all of your favorite cereals will have some kind of theme. Yeah, them. I saw at the store when I was there yesterday. This isn't necessarily Halloween related, I guess. But the Lucky Charms now has like a little unicorn marshmallow. Oh in wow! It. Yeah. Yeah. They had a display. That didn't coax you into getting any. No, because then I'd have to. Oh know. wow. It I'm is, like a gram, grandpa well, now. It's like, it is the candy corn thing. It's like one fun bowl and well, then like, <laughs> it's like stomach hurts. Not last year, maybe two years ago. And I was like at Rite Aid and they had some sort of big 
blowout on cereal. And I was like, yeah. So I got like cookie crisp and I got like golden grams. And I was so excited. And like I ate it. And then I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's not again. as great as I remember. <laughs> this doesn't taste like cookies at all. <laughs> tastes like vitamins <laughs> and sugar. Yeah. <laughs> well, then my last, my last question bring it all back to books did you read scary stories to tell in the dark yes did you have a favorite or or even an illustration yeah i was gonna say i think that the illustrations are really what um scared me and then that guy also illustrated like regular picture books that to me are terrifying and like this is a lovely story but it's terrible it's scary um i remember so there's the one where it's like the toe they eat the toe. and then also um probably the one that was most scary to me is like the girl who has like the like the welt on her face and like oh what is it what is it and then it like hatches and all these like spiders come out yes. that seemed like something real to me like that could really happen and it was probably gonna happen to me yeah it yeah. really yeah that one in particular that like if i had just read that story mm -hmm. i don't know what my reaction would have been but the accompanying picture oh was gosh. like this <laughs> yeah it's so much worse that really yeah the the drawings in that really were i'd never seen anything like that before no and then there was the one where it's like he gets a dog at the from mexico or something and they're like oh this is my dog and it's so nice and it turns out it's like a rat yeah and the picture is like i would never think that was a dog yeah it, yeah you read the story and you're like oh well maybe it's a nice rat but i don't but you see the picture and it's like Ooh. Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> oh my gosh. The one that still I think about as a scary thing is Harold, where the there's like the farmers who make a fake straw guy out of this other farmer they don't like and they like taunt it and they're mean to it and then it comes alive and murders one of them and the drawing is also terrible but it was yeah. just it was like even as a isn't that one where he like and then he takes his place or something right i think he skins him. oh my god yeah it's, he's like it's, hi honey i'm your new husband or yeah whatever. well it, oh it's like even so when good. i read that in like the fourth grade being like i don't think i should be reading this like, this is so scary so gross. the drawing's so scary mm -hmm. yeah those there was a kerfluffle a few years ago um because whoever publishes those books like re-release them with different illustrations and i'm on like a couple different young adult library and listservs and everyone's like oh my god i can't believe they would do this like this is the worst choice they could make it's not even the same book anymore the illustrations are like 90 percent of the scares um and so those copies with those illustrations i have my childhood copies at home that are like just totally falling apart because i would take them to camp well you yeah, take them everywhere yeah. they're gonna be kind of hard to find oh. but we just got the library <laughs> A donation of like the original illustration, illustrated ones, but all bound together as one book. Wow. So, yeah. That's, yeah, if you want some scares, <laughs> I remember, I remember reading those one time at my friend's house and I didn't know he had a cuckoo clock <laughs> and it went off and I, I, I like literally like threw the book. <laughs> Out of my hands. <laughs> they're um, they're good. Two thumbs up. Yeah. Did you ever read like um sideways stories from Wayside School? I did. Someone was asking about that at the library yesterday. And then that rat story kind of reminds me of it too, because there's that one. One of the kids is just a bunch of rats. And coats. Yeah. They're like, Why are you wearing so many coats, kid? And then they take all the coats off and it's just a rat. Yeah, I I, I think about the the three Eric's a lot. Those are good ones. Uh, good illustrations too. Yeah. I don't know if they changed those. I don't know. We don't have it anymore we have to order new copies oh. i think i still have mine or actually i might have given it to my friend's son there the kids were over and he's like in second grade and he's like and um her daughter is ninth grade and i have like a million teenager books i'm like take this one take this one and he's like what about me i was like oh you like sideways stories <laughs> i think i gave him that one <laughs> i don't really have any That's pretty good. books for your age yeah. cool so thanks for coming yeah, on the show thank you for having me yeah it was fun I had a lot of fun. Me too. So we'll be back with Elizabeth next time. She's going to tell us all about conference, I guess. Yeah. She said she'd bring me a present. So oh, all right. I'm looking forward to that. We'll see yeah. if it's any good. And um, this is the part of the show where we come up with some sort of pun related to a book to like wrap it up. So I'm going to let you do that. A pun about a book? You know, like we're like, oh, we're going to reshelve it. Something. Oh, okay. Well... <laughs> Um, I hope that what binds us is your love of the show. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was a really good effort. A sp another spine tingling episode mm -hmm. of...
your show or mine um i'm becky standall youth services specialist we thank you for listening and thank you daniel thanks for having me goodbye bye studio time for your shelf or mine donated by klog cooking country and 101.5 the wave your local stations are proud to support the longview public library and your shelf or mine